Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with pastor of Reunion Church in Dallas, Texas, Richard Ellis. He'll take the next few minutes to encourage us with Christmas hope and to challenge us to learn more and grow closer to God's greatest gift, His Son, our Savior, Jesus. It's the 25 Talks of Christmas, a different holiday-themed talk each and every day, all month long. Of course, you can always listen to, download, and share this or any talk anytime from the 25 Talks of Christmas Advent Calendar at richardellistalks.com. So let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Two Personal Fouls. They asked a 10-year-old boy, what is a personal foul? And he said, your very own chicken. And that's not going to be too far from where we're going today. Turn to Leviticus chapter 12. If you've got your Bible, the whole Bible there, not just the New Testament, there's Genesis, Exodus, then Leviticus. We're going to read the whole chapter. It's a short chapter. Leviticus gets overlooked a lot of times because it's kind of the technical side of the sacrificial system, and people start reading it and go, ah, I don't understand all this, and kind of ditch. But as we'll see today, some things that are stated in Leviticus 12 help us know what's going on in the New Testament in particular, and Luke where we'll be a little bit today as well. So here in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1 and following, then the Lord spoke to Moses, and he's laying out all these regulations and all this stuff. And by the way, when you read this stuff, if you read all of Leviticus, you go read the Old Testament, it is amazing what people had to go through to get through to God and how simple it is for us. You say, well, church is too hard, and I don't get it, and it's too complicated. Let me tell you something. To approach God, you had to bring animals and sacrifices and wheat and drink offerings. I mean, it was unbelievable what it took. And for us today, it is so simple. The troops came back from Iraq. 22 of them came out, and in the midst of this ceremony of welcoming back these reserve troops, They brought the 22 out, and they were going to swear them in as citizens of the United States. And there's something when you've lived overseas like I have, there's something about being an American and being on American soil. And when they put the flag up and people are standing around acting like, you know, nothing's going on, to me it means something. You say, well, you're all patriotic. Absolutely. I happen to be an American, and I'm not ashamed of that. And when those people filed out there, stood up there, raised their right hand, what was so astonishing to me about it, certainly they had done some things to qualify to be an American citizen. They'd taken tests or fought for our country. But they raised their right hand, and all they did was say some words. They said, I do. And just like that, they're American citizens. And the simplicity today of becoming a Christian, having a relationship with God, is you say, well, it's so complicated. You know what? It's saying some words from your heart and believing and meaning these words, and it is that simple. I had the opportunity the other night, I told my wife in the middle of this thing, I said, it was a craft fair, and I don't want to be disrespectful. I sometimes get the words mixed up and say crap fair, and it's craft fair. But I go to these things with her, and I go, and I looked at her, and all I said was, I said, I'm here, you know I love you, okay? I mean, there's no misunderstanding that I love her if I'm there with her. And there's some beautiful things, but I'm just, you know, I'm just not into it like she is, and so I'm there, and I'm having a decent attitude about it. And it turns out it wasn't even about the crafts. There was a guy, a friend of a friend, an alcoholic who'd struggled for years, shouldn't even be alive. And we sat down over some gumbo in a smoke-filled Herman, Sons of Herman Hall. I, you know, not sure what all that is, but there we were. And I realized there's my reason for being there. 
And I had this awesome conversation with a guy who I hope shows up here one day. And he had genuine questions. And he had some misconceptions about what the Bible said. And it was kind of a smorgasbord thing. But you know what? I got to share words with him about how Jesus had changed my life. And he simply said to him, here's how I think he can change your life. And he said, well, I don't think I believe that. I said, you know what? I'm not here to talk you into anything. I said, my responsibility and privilege is just to tell you the story. And it's a great time of year at Christmas to even have the conversation. But compared to where these people lived back then, it was almost convoluted compared to what it is. It's just so simple today. And I don't want you to ever miss out on that. And when you're explaining it to people, keep it simple and just tell them the story. And we're going to get into that story a little bit today. Leviticus chapter 12. Verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel saying, if a woman has conceived and born a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days as in the days of her customary impurity, she shall be unclean. And he's talking about her customary impurity. Obviously women have cycles and this was a common thing, but he said specifically in this category, she shall be unclean for seven days. And on the eighth day, the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised. So the male child will be circumcised on the eighth day, and now medical science comes along and discovers that at about the eighth day, the blood in an infant is clotting properly where you can even do this kind of thing. And about the ninth day, things are a little more sensitive than they are on the eighth day, which I'm thinking when you're getting circumcised, any day is going to be painful, but, and who's asking babies anyway? So they circumcised them on the eighth day, then verse 4 she shall then continue in the blood of her purification 33 days. So there's a total of what? About 40 days. The eighth day, the baby's circumcised. In the case of the male, another 33 days. And the body, without getting into all these things about women having babies, obviously a baby comes out, a lot of other stuff. And literally the blood in a woman's body, these fluids help flush out and cleanse a woman's body. So God puts in here this period of time. She shall not touch any hallowed thing nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purification are fulfilled. But if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean two weeks as in her customary impurity, and she shall continue in the blood of her purification 66 days. Why that is, I don't know. It doesn't say in the scriptures. I wouldn't sweat it because you'll see in a minute that there is really no difference in a male and a female child in terms of the sacrifice brought. Verse 6. When the days of her purification are fulfilled, either 33 or 66 days, whether for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest a lamb of the first year as a burnt offering. So she brings a baby sheep, a lamb, as a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove. So a pigeon or a turtle dove as a sin offering to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And when this was given, there wasn't a temple, it was a tent, and so they would bring it to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her. Now this is very important, because the mom, it's not that she's done some evil thing having a baby, but to cover the sin of the mom, and this is great evidence that this is not just about men. The men would accompany the women, but women had a responsibility to go to God and say, I am coming and I'm bringing the lamb if she could and a turtle dove or a pigeon and I am offering this as a burnt offering sacrifice and atonement for my sin, not her husband, but for her own stuff. And he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her and she shall be clean from the flow of her blood. This is the law for her who has born a male or a female. So either way, male or female, that's what the offering was. But look at verse 8. And if she is not able to bring a lamb, 
Then she may bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one as a burnt offering and the other as a sin offering, so the priest shall make atonement for her and she will be clean. Now jump over the New Testament to Luke chapter 2. Now I don't want to confuse these things, but also don't want to avoid things. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you kind of get to a place, you know, I love that when people say to me, well, the Bible's full of errors. I'd read the Bible and believe the Bible, but the Bible's full of errors and I can't trust it. You know, it's just man wrote it. And my question to them is, okay, let's talk about one of those errors. And they say, well, what do you mean? I say, well, it's full of errors. You said it's full of errors. So let's talk about one of them. Just which one you want to talk about? Oh, well, I don't know of any errors. I just know it's full of errors. I said, well, don't say it's full of errors. Now, there are times when I'm reading it, and i got to be real honest with you in the process. You go, okay, now I'm reading this over here in Luke, and over here in Matthew it says this, and it doesn't look like they mix up and fit together, and something's wrong. I can assure you, if something's wrong, it's in me, and it's not in the book. And it's just a matter of giving it some time and looking at it, and here's one of those cases. There are four events in the birth of Jesus that happen right after his birth in particular. There's in Luke chapter 2, you see the circumcision, which we'll read in a minute, that happened at eight days like it was supposed to, and then the presentation in the temple, which happened at 40 days, just like it was supposed to, we read in Leviticus. In Matthew 2, you see the visit of the Magi, the wise men, and you also see their flight into Egypt. And somehow, within this 40 days, or the 40 days and then some time afterward, all these things have to go down, and you have to go back and read it, because I'm not going to take the time to read Matthew 2 as well. But it's very interesting when you start to break down the sequence of events and see all the stuff that happened and what had to happen in this period of time after his birth. Now let's look at Luke chapter 2, and let's start with verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, which was what? 33 more days. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now what a bizarre thing this is. How strange is it to bring the Lord into the temple of the Lord? I mean, you talk about feeling at home as a kid. I mean, it's his place. But they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, and this is where we just read in Leviticus, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to which is said in the law of the Lord. But look what it says. A pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. It says nothing about a lamb. These people are so poor, there's no mention of a lamb. Now, I don't have this where I can absolutely prove it, but we know that the wise men brought what? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You get wise men bringing you gold, frankincense, and myrrh, you got money. So it stands to reason that possibly the wise men don't even show up till after this point because they would have been able to purchase a lamb and make the sacrifice. But they are coming in after having this baby for 40 days and presenting him to the Lord, and they offer what? In this case, what I see as two personal fowls. Now, as it turns out, they are poor. They bring the two personal fowls. They bring these pigeons, one for a burnt offering and one for the sin offering. But what else do they show up with according to Leviticus? It appears they're not bringing a lamb, but you know what? They do bring a lamb. Now, I'm going to read you some verses, and I want you to turn first to John chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And before I even read these, I think if there's an observation, if not a criticism of my preaching, it is this, that there's too much about Jesus. 
And that all the time he talks about Jesus dying on the cross, being buried and raised from the dead. And it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. And everything in the New Testament points back to Jesus. And everything in the New Testament points to Jesus coming back. It's all about Jesus. And to make it about anything else or anybody else would be a disaster. And there'd be nothing to it. And if you go into a church and they're talking about anything more than Jesus, you better get out. If they're talking about the Holy Spirit more than they're talking about Jesus, you better get out of there. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to point people to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus saves. And you're going to see how he saves and what he is described as. Mary shows up with two birds, but she shows up with a lamb. John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John, who is his cousin, John the Baptist, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John calls him a lamb. 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. I'll give you a second to turn there if you want to turn there. Peter talking here, writing. 1 Peter 1, 18, he says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but what? You were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter refers to him as the lamb without blemish and spot. And then over in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, Revelation 13, 8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, referred to as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, before anything got created. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit had made up their mind, knowing man would be created, knowing man would sin, they made a decision He is going to be the lamb offered for the sins of the world. Before the foundation of the world, though, he is slain. The decision is made that he would die. Now let's go back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we've read down verse 24 again. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And then verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the Christ Jesus, the child Jesus, what? To do for him after the custom of the law. They were there to fulfill the Leviticus chapter 12, law, to do what they were supposed to do, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. And he goes on to describe this. Anna comes in as well. Look down in verse 38. And she coming in that instant, talking about Anna, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I don't know if you know much about Madonna or if you're a Madonna buff. How many of you know what her first movie was she ever made? 1979, her first movie was titled A Certain Sacrifice. Another Madonna made a certain sacrifice of two birds after Jesus was born. 
And 33 years later, she witnessed another certain sacrifice as she stood at the foot of the cross. And I want you to go to John chapter 19 and track how a mama who gives birth, follows the law, brings a sacrifice, and without being critical or being negative or attacking anybody's background or religion, it is very important along the way, especially when we're talking about Mary, to at least say this. I know there are people, there are denominations and groups that hold Mary in very high esteem, and we are one of those groups. But it is a very dangerous thing to hold her up to the level of the Godhead. And if Mary is who some people try to make her out to be, then why has she got two personal fouls? Why is it that Mary is showing up at the temple like every other woman who's had a baby and offers a burnt offering sacrifice and a sin offering sacrifice if there's nothing to cover. Now, I am not being disrespectful to Mary. Obviously, you know, let's thank God that she was the one that was chosen. What a great young girl, and what a great thing God did through her. But to turn her in to a person of the Godhead and to pray through her, which is a very disturbing thing for some people. One of the girls in our church this week, her background happens to be Catholic. Her dad died and the whole thing of the rosary, praying through Mary and trying to get her dad into heaven. Let me tell you something. If you don't know where you're going before you die, there's nobody going to pray you in. There's nobody going to pray you in with Mary's help or anybody else's help. The only way to get into heaven is to know you're going there before you get there. And I know that you say, well, you're crossing. Don't be mean. You know, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you it's going to be a little late. And when you get to a rosary or something like that, and there's all this prayer and someone ends it saying, well, we hope they made it. You know what? If you want to hope you make it, your hope better be in Jesus or you're not going to make it. So I think it is very important to be gentle about these things, but you also cannot back off of these things. Mary came like every other woman who had had a kid that was willing to comply with the law and offered two birds, one to be a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering because she needed what everybody else needed. She was just the carrier. She was not some kind of perfect little girl. But in the process of this, we'll jump ahead to John 19, verse 25 and following. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and it says in verse 25, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. And I'm not a mom. I watched a mom yesterday. I made reference to these troops coming back. And I watched Debbie see her husband back, and what a cool thing that was. But his dad, Mike's dad, said to me in the ceremony, he said, I think his mom's going to be able to sleep at night. And if you've got kids, it's one thing to have kids when they get old enough to be coming and going, and you wait till the door closes and locks and everybody's in, and then you go to sleep. But if they're out and they don't come home, when you've got a soldier on the battlefield, there's something about having him come home. There's something I don't think anybody understands about this but mamas. And for Mary to stand at the foot of the cross and see that little baby in a man, 33 years old, hanging there, there's no way to even begin to understand what went through her mind. And it says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, he is hanging, dying on a cross, and he's paying attention to his mama. He saw his mother, and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. It's not Mother's Day, but you know what? Jesus took care of his mama even when he was dying. You're going home with him. There's a great song out there that Buddy Green and a guy named Mark Lowry wrote and a bunch of different artists, country and otherwise, have recorded. 
And there's something when this thing comes on the radio, it's pretty astonishing. Let me read it to you. It's called, Mary, Did You Know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels tried? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Oh Mary, did you know the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this amazing process, this amazing plan, and how all the pieces fit together, and how that Jesus came through a family, a stepdad and a mom, who were chosen, who were willing to do what you asked them to do, And even in their poverty, brought what they could, Lord. I pray that no matter how much we have or don't have, we would always show up with what we can show up with, Lord, to thank you and to praise you. I thank you that Mary showed up with more than just two birds. She showed up with a lamb that would be presented in that temple, Lord, in heaven, not just for her, but for all of us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your willingness to come, to be born of a virgin, to live a sinless life, to be crucified on the cross, shed your blood, be buried and raised from the dead to make eternal life possible for us, abundant life possible for us. And as some soldiers stood on a field and said a few words and went from not being Americans to being Americans, Lord, we can sit in a place and say a few words to you from our hearts and go from being lost to being found, go from being blind to being able to see. Father, may somebody today reach out the hands of their heart and say, God, I don't know why I've never seen this before. I didn't get it before. It's all been twisted and so many different perspectives, kind of a smorgasbord of religious stuff. But I see clearly now who Jesus is and what he did for me. That he lived for me, that he died for me, that he was raised from the dead, that everything that I face, every challenge that I have has been overcome by the blood of that lamb. I know that I've screwed up, that I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, God and a man, and that he died for my sin personally. I accept the forgiveness of my sin. And I believe that he was raised from the dead to give me life. And I accept that life, the gift of eternal life, free of charge. Come live in me and through me and change me. I don't understand all I know about this, Father. But I need your help. And I know it has to start someplace. It's like being born all over again. Thank you for giving me a new start, a clean slate, a new beginning. Father, use my life. Give me boldness to share this amazing story of what you did, not just for so many, but what you've done for me as well. Father, thank you for saving us. And thank you that we don't have to bring birds anywhere anymore, but that we can come because of the blood of that lamb, slain before the foundation of the world, who came to take away the sins of the world, included in that are ours, 
And we thank you so much for doing that, paying a price we couldn't pay, Lord, on a debt we could never have paid off. We love you, Father, and we thank you and we praise you. And pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. This program has always been about not only providing daily encouragement, but also daily challenge to help us grow in our faith, to continue being shaped into the person God desires us to be as His hands, feet, and voice to our hurting world. You know, not only is that the mission of the Richard Ellis Talks program, it's also the great commission of Pastor Richard himself to clearly share the simple message of the gospel in a way that leads people to Jesus, to reach everyone together. So these 25 talks of Christmas this month is a creative way for you to reach a friend with some encouraging teaching. We've made it real easy for you to do just that from the website richardellistalks.com. You'll see the Christmas Talks Advent Calendar, where every holiday-themed talk can be listened to, downloaded, or shared right from each day's door. The website is richardellistalks.com. So before we part ways for today, I'll remind you that you can automatically receive a direct text on your phone each and every morning that will link you to the most recent Christmas talk on the website Advent Calendar. Simply text the word Richard to our toll-free phone number, 855-6-RICHARD. That's the word Richard to 855-6-RICHARD. All this month, it's some Christmas words of hope, insight, and encouragement during the holiday season, when perhaps we need to hear the message of Emmanuel above the rest of the seasonal noise. So to automatically receive the daily link, text RICHARD to 855-6-RICHARD you'll have these 25 talks of Christmas whenever and wherever you're ready to listen. So until we get together for the next Christmas talk, thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.